Let us move on. Let's take a look at the sheet. Chazal tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu had ten names. We discussed this briefly on Wednesday. Yered, Chever, Yikusiel, Avigdar, Avisocho, Avizanoach, Kalev, excuse me, Moshe Rabbeinu had ten names. Some add Tovia, some add Shemaya, some add Levi, Avigdar, right? He had ten names. Says the Rebbeinu Shalom to Moshe, I will only call you by the name that Bisya called you. Look at the end of the Medrash. Five lines in the bottom. Amalei Hakadosh Baruch Hu LeMoshe Chayecha. I take an oath. Mikal Shemosh Shenikra Lacha from all of your names. Eni Kari Oischa Ela B'Shem Shekarascha Bisya Bas Paroi Batikra Shemay Moshe. So what did Hashem call him? Vayikra Shemay Moshe. Vayikra El Moshe. And we uh, we mentioned on Wednesday, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz asked. A name is not an arbitrary word that happens to be given to something. A name is something that describes the essence of something. Like we find that uh, when Adam Arishon was created, the Malachim didn't know, who is this guy? The Malachim said, who is this Adam guy? So Hashem said, what do you know, he's not a guy. He's smarter than you are. And Hashem passed all the animals in front of Adam Arishon, and Hashem asked Malachim, what's this? Malachim said, I don't know. What's that? Malachim said, I don't know. And then Hashem asked Adam. Adam said, this is a sus, this is a gamal. Right? We mentioned on Wednesday, we mentioned on Wednesday that Adam Harishon had the chachma of Shemos. He understood to give one word that defines the item. So of all the names that Moshe had, we asked, why would Hashem choose the name of Basia? I mean, Ki min hamayim why did Basia call him Moshe? Because she schlepped him out of the water. Right? So basically, she says, you're a schlepper, right? You're, I'll call you schlepper. Why? Because I schlepped you out of the water. I mean, is that the name that defines Moshe Rabbeinu? If I were, if I, if I were uh, in charge, I would have called him Yered. He brought the Torah down from Shemayim. I would have called him Avigdar. Right? But I'm not in charge, I know. But Hashem decided to call to call him Moshe, and we gave an answer from Chaim Shmulevitz on Wednesday, if you remember, that, that the ultimate quality of a Jewish leader is Mesiris Nefesh, which Moshe Rabbeinu was given through the Mesiris Nefesh of Bas Yabas Paro, and in Mitzvah Shem, we would like to explore another answer to this question. Rabbi, I had a Hebrew teacher, he said, according to the Makor, it shouldn't be Moshe, it shouldn't be Moshe. Ah. Okay, that's a question. Let us turn to the issue of the burning bush. The burning bush. Moshe Rabbeinu saw this awesome sight. He saw the, the bush being surrounded, engulfed in fire. Why isn't it burning? Take a look in Paragimel, Pasuk Gimel. By the way, this was not just a physical phenomenon that he saw a bush engulfed in fire. This was actually a nevuah. It was a prophecy. And it was a very profound prophecy that Moshe Rabbeinu could not comprehend what exactly the bush represented, what exactly the fire represented. And Moshe Rabbeinu could not understand this. Look in Pasuk Gimel. Vayoymer Moshe, Moshe said, Asurana, page 300, Asurana ve'ereh, I will turn and I will investigate this awesome site. Why the bush does not burn. So Hashem saw that he turned to see. 
So God called out to Moshe from the bush, Says the Svarno, what does it mean that Moshe said to himself, I will turn to see. What does that mean? What did Moshe mean? Let me turn to see. Says the Svarno, look at number three. I will contemplate. In other words, what Moshe was seeing was a prophetic vision. And Moshe thinks to himself, let me try to figure this out. Let me contemplate what Hashem is showing me. In other words, you know exactly the Svarno saying, what exactly can Moshe not understand? The fire that encircled this bush represented the Makos that the Mitzrayim were going to be punished with. And the bush represented Mitzrayim. And what Moshe couldn't understand was, why with such terrible Makos will the Mitzrayim still be around? Why will they not be destroyed with the Makos? Says the Svarno, Why will the Mitzrayim not be destroyed with all of these Makos? There's a powerful nevuah on Moshe's part that he would see that significance. That Moshe Rabbeinu was having a nevuah, and he basically was applying himself to try to understand it. Bayar Hashem Kisar Leroyz. So God saw that he turned to see. Now literally it means, oh Hashem saw that Moshe was interested, so Hashem said, oh let me let me show it to Moshe. Says the Svarno, it doesn't mean that Hashem saw that Moshe just turned his his neck to look. Hashem saw that Moshe was trying with his boy name Badava. Hashem saw that Moshe was applying himself to understand what was going on. So Hashem called to him to teach him what it meant. In other words, what's going on over here? Moshe applies himself. Moshe is trying to understand the vision. So Hashem says, you're trying to understand? Let me explain it to you. Says the Svarno, you know what this is like? When someone comes to purify himself, so then from heaven they give special assistance. In other words, here you have Moshe Rabbeinu. Had he just looked at the snare and said, wow, this is very interesting. Wow, this is quite fascinating how this bush represents the Mitzrayim and the fire represents the Makos. And it's really very hard for me to understand why the Mitzrayim are not being destroyed. If Moshe Rabbeinu would have said... Nah, I can't crack this nevuah. It's not making any sense to me. Let me close the Gemara. I'm going to go to the pizza store now. If Moshe Rabbeinu would have done that, and he would not have applied himself to understand the nevuah, would Hashem have explained it to him? No. It is only because Moshe Rabbeinu put in the initial effort to try to understand the nevuah, Hashem said, you're doing your part, I'll do my part. Habal letaher, Messiah You're trying to purify yourself, I will assist you. So in this case, the Nevoah was in Asparklaria Meira. By the... The Nevoah to Moshe was different than... The Mepharshim say that even already at this stage, it was the Asparklaria Meira. But Moshe still had to apply himself to understand it. Okay? Now let's just think about this for a minute. If Moshe Rabbeinu would have said to himself, This is too hard. I, will not, I can't apply myself. I can't even begin to crack this. It sounds like Moshe Rabbeinu never would have understood this Nevoah. Why not? Was Moshe not worthy to understand the Nebuah? Chazal tell us that already at this stage, Moshe Rabbeinu was chosen to be the leader of Klai Yisrael. The Medrash tells us that, Moshe, that the Rebbe tested Moshe with the sheep. And because Moshe Rabbeinu was 
loyal and faithful to take care of the sheep. Hashem said, you could take care of regular sheep. Let me give you my sheep. Let me give you my people to tend to. So Moshe Rabbeinu was certainly worthy of being the leader of Klaiso at this time. And nevertheless, if he would not have put in that preliminary effort and that yigiyah and that amelos and that toil to try to understand the nevuah, he never would have understood it. God would never have helped him. But because he put in that little bit of what the Svarno calls hisponinus. He said, let me contemplate what is happening over here. Hashem said, you're putting in your effort? I'll open up the world to you. Habal Tahir, Messiah If you graduate a drinker, you have to pass a test. Says the Briskarab, you know what you see from here? You see from here an amazing thing. That the Rebunisham has tremendous opportunities waiting for us. Hashem is ready to bestow on us tremendous levels of Torah, tremendous levels of connection to Him. But provided we do a little bit of effort, as soon as we do a little bit of effort, as soon as we apply ourselves, Hashem says, Oh, you're applying yourself? Hashem opens up the heavens and He pours down tremendous hashba, tremendous connection to Him. But you have to do your little bit. Once you do your little bit, once Hashem saw, what does the Pasuk say? Bayar Hashem Kisar Lirais. God saw He applied Himself. Ah, oh, once you apply yourself, now I'm ready to open up the world to you. Had Moshe, but just imagine, had Moshe not applied Himself, he never would have understood this Nebuah. Now the Svarno ends off his words with something that is astounding. Look what the, the Svarno says. Ke'inyan. You know what this is like? U Moshe Allah El Holikim. Moshe went up to Hashem. And then Hashem called out to Moshe. What's that talking about? Matan Torah. Look at this Farno number six. What does it say by Matan Torah? Moshe went up to God. What does this mean? Amar. Moshe said to himself, The rest of Klal Yisrael, they're busy camping and preparing their home arrangements. But Moshe said, no, I'm going to go up. And he prepared himself to receive prophecy. So, what's the Svarno saying? The Svarno is saying that when it came to Matan Torah, what happened at Matan Torah? The heavens opened up, God came down with his entire entourage onto Har Sinai and he revealed himself to this world in a way that the world had never seen. <coughs> but did that happen just out of the blue? No. Moshe had to do something first. What did Moshe do? Moshe prepared himself for Nebuah. Once Moshe prepared himself for Nebuah, Hashem said, Oh, Habal Taher, you're trying to purify yourself. Messiah also. Now I'll come down on Harsinai and give you the Torah, which implies, had Moshe not done his little part, the Torah would not have been given at that instant. Because Hashem does not just give freebies. Hashem does not just say, You're a nice Jew. Oh, you're a nice Jew. You keep Shabbos. I'll teach you, I'll teach you Shas. doesn't work like that. There are no freebies. God does not give anybody Torah for nothing. You have to do, you have to put an effort. What do you mean? Are you telling me the Torah would not have been given to Klai Yisrael? No, at that time, had Moshe not put in at least some hachana and some work, 
the Torah would not have been given. But once a person puts in effort and work, it doesn't mean what Hashem gives is in is commensurate with the work you put in. Once you put in work, once you're habal once you try to purify yourself and you do something, and you take some action and preparation and work, God says, now I'll open up the world for you. But it's not a freebie. It's not just off the bat. Even though... The rest of the day is Moshe Rabbeinu had a... This was a, a national revelation. So... At least the leader had to put in some effort. But as an individual, Hashem... So you know what that means? What it sounds like for the son is, Hashem's waiting for us. Hashem says, I want to give you, make you know the whole Torah. I want to bestow upon you tremendous blessings of connection to me. The only thing, I'm just waiting for you to do something. Waiting for you to open up the Gemara and... Apply yourself to understand it. Once we apply ourselves, Hashem says, Oh, you're applying yourself? That's what I've been waiting for. Now let me pour out on you all of the blessings that I have. I'll give you another illustration of this. Remember when uh, Yaakov Avinu was running away from Esau, he was at the Harabayas, and Rashi tells us he saw the ladder. Now, where were the legs of the ladder planted? Beersheva. The middle of the ladder was Be- uh, Harabayas. The top of the ladder, Beisel. Yaakov Avinu was traveling from Beersheba. What does he do when he gets to the Harabayas? Nothing. He forgets. He doesn't even think about it, the, the fact that he's at the Harabayas. He passes by the Harabayas. As he's on the way to Beisel, he thinks to himself, wait a second, I didn't daven at the place where my father and my grandfather davened? How are you? Yaakov Avinu turns around, he heads back to the Harabayas. What happens? The Harabayas jumps to Yaakov Avinu. Right? It's a Rashi in Chumash. So Rashi says, wait a second, if Hashem is able to take the Harabayas and move it to Yaakov, then why didn't Hashem do something even simpler? As Yaakov is passing by the Harabayas, Hashem should have gone into Yaakov's head and said, Yaakov, do you know where you are? You're in the place where Avram and Yitzchak davened. Wake up! Maybe you should have in there also. Don't you think? Why didn't Hashem do that? So Rashi says, Hashem doesn't do that. Why not? Because if you're, says Rashi, if Yaakov didn't pay attention to Davin where his father is Davin, Hashem's not going to remind him. Says the Sif Sechachamim, why is Hashem not going to remind him? Hashem, Hashem's not forcing Yaakov to daven. Let Hashem just put the good idea into Yaakov's head. Says Isn't the Sif- it hard to imagine why Yaakov, when he comes to Harabayas, and he knew what happened to his father and his grandfather, that he would just forget and not... It wasn't daven? forefront on his mind. It wasn't forefront on his mind. Says the Sif Sechachamim, so let Hashem remind him. Says the Sif Sechachamim. Even for Hashem to remind Yaakov Avinu would be Hashem infringing on Yaakov Avinu's Bechira. What do you mean Bechira? He still has free choice. Let Hashem just, you know, make the idea pop into his head. Nah. Even a good idea, you got to think of yourself. But once Yaakov Avinu says to himself, you know, I really should have dived in there, let me go back. Hashem turns over the whole world. Hashem takes the Beis HaMikdash and brings it to Yaakov. So you see what's going on over here? Even merely to have a good idea, 
Even merely for Hashem to remind Yaakov, Yaakov, you know, you pass by the place where your father and grandfather daven, maybe you should daven. Even that Hashem is not going to give you that idea. That's up to us. The first step is up to us. The first good thought, the first action, that's up to us. Hashem does not infringe. But once the good idea pops into our head and we're, re- we're waiting to capitalize, once Yaakov is headed back to the Harabayas, Hashem no problem. You want to do a mitzvah? Harabayas, go to Yaakov. Egypt did not come out of the Makos unscathed, like the, like the, okay. in the fire. That, that's, you're right. That's another issue. <laughs> Look at the Svarno in uh, his description of uh, Mara Hasnet. I'll let you have some homework. Rabbi Sai. He quotes here the Rambam saying that by the fact that the snail wasn't completely destroyed was a representation of the mercy of a Kaddish Barku having shown the world while he could have easily destroyed the entire uh, population of Egypt. He didn't do that. They, they punished them for what they did, but he didn't wipe them out. And that was a... But the snail was totally... Rabbi Sai, when the elevator came out... So the Chavetz Chaim was very excited about that. Why? Because the Chavetz Chaim felt the elevator is a very apt description of Ruchnias. Why? Because all Hashem wants you to do is press the button and step in. Once you step in, Hashem takes you up. The Chavetz Chaim very much was very excited about the discovery of the elevator. And the Chavetz Chaim felt the elevator is like a Paris, an analogy to Ruchnias. We have to do something. Nobody's going to push you into the elevator. No one's going to make you press the button. That you have to do yourself. But once you press the button and you step in, Hashem says, I'll help you out the rest of the way. Look, look at number nine. It's brought down. One of the Bali Musar of Eliyahu, Dushnitzar, brings down that he heard from the Chabetz Chaim. Shamati Mimarna Chabetz Chaim. Shamar. Just like we find in a tall building. How do you get up to the top floors? An elevator. As soon as a person enters, the elevator could take you up in, in a few moments. Faster than just running up the steps, right? A lot faster than if you would run up the steps. The same thing with spirituality. If you do everything in your ability, if you do, if you, a person is able to put in as much effort as he is able to, he enters the spiritual elevator. That with this assistance, sometimes a person wonders, how am I going to learn the whole shas? Answer is maybe it's impossible. But if you try as much as you have, as you can, Hashem will take you the rest of the way and will help you do that which you cannot do on your own. That's what the Chabot Chaim says. But if a person doesn't put in the effort that he's able to do, so it's like a person, he doesn't want to get onto the elevator. So he's wondering, why am I not going upstairs? You've got to step in. You've got to press the button. If you don't do it, what's our part, then a person will not merit heavenly assistance. Rabbi Yisai, where else do we see this idea? But from none other than Bas Yabas Parai. Chavetz Chaim pointed out, and we learned in the Gemara in 
Megillah and that Tesvav Amvez. Basia sees Moshe in the river. The only thing is, he's very far away. So you know what Basia could have said? I can't reach him, so why bother? And yet Chazal tell us, she stretched out her arm, and the Yibam made a miracle. Nishtar Bevyada, her arm extended. Different opinions in the Gemara, two Amos, four Amos, one opinion is 60 Amos. So that Basia would say, if he can't reach, why even bother? Why even try? But Basia understood that when it comes to doing a mitzvah, you do your part, and the Yibam Shalom will help you do the rest. Where did she learn about doing mitzvahs? Growing up in the house of Well, Moshe grew up there too. Yeah? Yeah. That was there too. By the way, you know, um, some, some ask, where did Moshe learn from? If you look in the Targum Yenison Ben Uziel, Targum Yenison Ben Uziel says that Moshe had a special malach. If you want to know the name, you can look over there. That taught him Tyro when he was a young child in Paro's house under when he was, when he was very young. But look what the Chavetz Chaim writes in number 10. She stuck out her arm and she took it. Uverashi may Agamara Saita Yubez and Vez Rashi brings down from the Gamar Saita Amasa. What does it mean she took out her Amasa Yada? Vinashtarbava Yada Amas Harbe. Amasa Vidarshan, her hand stretched out many Amas. Vine Afa Pishi Yadu Baspara Mida Midas Yada. Basparo did not think all of a sudden she was an NBA player and her arm was, you know, thirty feet long. She knew exactly her arm, how long it was. She also knew her hand is not going to suddenly reach further than her, her arm's length. She knew she would not reach Moshe's little cradle. Nevertheless, even though she knew she would not be able to save him, she did not refrain from at least stretching out her arm. And the end was The end was The end was Her her arm miraculously Stretched out and saved him You know what this teaches you Let a person not be lazy From putting in effort to help Those who need help Even if it seems that There's nothing I can do I won't be able to accomplish the mission. So a person will say, if I can't accomplish the mission, why bother? person should not give up. So Abosai, we may suggest, and I believe this is the parish of the Sefer Taldas Adam, of the brother of Chaim Velazhner. Where did Moshe Rabbeinu learn this from? Moshe Rabbeinu, throughout his career, he sees the burning bush, why bother to understand? He can't understand on his own if Hashem's not going to help him. What? Moshe Rabbeinu is going to say, I'm going to bring down God onto this mountain and Hashem's going to reveal Himself to the whole world? I mean, I can't do it on my own. Moshe Rabbeinu said, no. Let me try to understand the vision of the Mara. I'll do my part. Let me try to be, prepare myself to bring Hashem down our Sinai. And if I'm a tire myself, where did this come from? Basia Basparo, Moshe Rabbeinu, of all the names that Moshe was called, Hashem says, I will call you the name that Basia called you. Why? I don't want you to forget this lesson that Basia taught you. That even when it seems impossible, and even when it seems out of reach, don't forget how Basia saved you. She stretched out her hand, knowing that it wouldn't accomplish anything, but Habolatar Messiah also. 
So Hashem says, don't forget that. And of all your names, Yered, Yikusiel, Avigdar, Shemaya, Levi, Hashem says, I will call you the name of Basi, Basparo, and this will be your, your hallmark, that you'll always remember. Habalataher, Messiah I want to end off with one thing. I always like to, to uh, learn about new systems of gematrios. Right over the years, we've mentioned many systems of gematrios, and this week I uh, discovered a new system of gematria. Right? It goes like this: Aleph obviously is one, Bays is three. Why? Because Bays includes the Aleph also. Bays is the second letter. Gimel six. is six. Dalid is ten. Hey fifteen. Vav twenty-one. Zion. 29. 28, right? 21 is Zion is 28. 28. Ches, 36. 36. Tes, 45. Yud, 55. Chaf, 75. Lamed, Yud is 55. Yud is 55. Mem is 145. She called him Moshe. Why? Because he comes from the Mayim. And Mayim is the Matria 3... 45. 45. Mem is 145. Yud is 55. Mem is 145. 340. Why'd she call him Moshe? Because she took him out of the water. And water is the Gematria of Moshe in this system. (laughs)